Hi, and welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast. My name is Jen, and I am so happy that you're with me today. This podcast is just for you, Mama, because you matter. Each week, I'll be talking with another mama. As most conversations with women go, we'll cover a multitude of topics, but mainly we'll share stories of motherhood, all the ups and downs, lessons learned, and how these mamas practice self-care. So take a seat, fold your laundry, drink your coffee, do your dishes, I know you're multitasking, and listen in. All right, you guys, I just wanted to read a quick review from iTunes. This one is from Acadian22. She says, such a great podcast about the necessity of self-care and the reality of how to implement it into our lives. Thank you so much, Acadian22. And if you would like to do the same and leave us five stars and a short two to three sentence review, that would really be amazing. And it would help us get into the ears of more mamas. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Alicia Ellis-Cox. Dr. Alicia is a board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist who shares a heartfelt message of love, hope, and acceptance for moms. As a practicing physician, dynamic public speaker, wife, mommy, and parenting expert, she skillfully weaves sound medical advice with practical strategy grounded in years of clinical care, current research, and personal experience. A catalyst for continuous and positive change, Dr. Alicia works with moms to bring about a powerful mindset shift. The result is a fresh, uncomplicated approach to balanced living for the mind, body, and soul, one that strengthens moms and their families. I think you're really going to love our conversation from not only her perspective as a mama, but also her professional experience as a psychiatrist. We talk a lot about her book called Ditch the Mommy Guilt, which is a short and helpful read about truly letting go of the mom guilt that we all feel too often. Enjoy my conversation with Leisha. All right, Leisha, hi. Welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm so glad to meet you. And uh, you reached out to me over email asking um, asking a little bit about what I do and um, told me that you wrote a book and graciously sent me two books, one of which I'm going to be giving away soon, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I have so enjoyed reading it, getting to know a little bit about your heart and what you, how you feel about moms. And so I'm so glad to have you today. I'd love for you to just start by um, telling us a little bit about yourself, about your family, where you guys live, and what you do. Great. Well, again, thank you so much for having me um, on your show. I'm just excited to be here and share my passion. Uh, with your listeners. So I am Lisa Ellis Cox, and I am originally from North Carolina, but my family has been living in Birmingham, Alabama for the last like 10 years, um, Mm. which is really crazy to me because I always say that I was drugged to Alabama kicking and screaming. (laughs) Um, But it's been a fantastic blessing, and um, our family has grown since moving here. So I've been married, gosh, like 17 years. Awesome. Um, I don't feel like I'm old enough to be married 17 years, but I am. (laughs) And uh, we have three kids. So um, our baby is Chloe, and she's five. And my middle son, or middle child, is my son, Evan. And he's eight, almost nine. And then my oldest is in the throes of tweendom and all that that brings with it. And that's Bailey and she's 12. 
Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, because we emailed um, that uh, Birmingham has a special place in my heart because I went to college there at Stanford University. um, And I grew up going to Birmingham quite a bit because my mom is actually from the Birmingham area. So I have lots of family that's still there. Um, so I love Birmingham. It's a beautiful place. And I love mm. that it's not, it doesn't get super cold in the winter. Mm, right. um, you know, it, it just is a very kind of mild <laughs> climate. Um, and there's, it's grown so much, I know, since I've even been there to visit. I think the last time I was there was in 2010. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. So I know it's grown so much. Yes. And An even explosion. the traffic when I was in college, I was in, I was there from 2002 till 2005 and uh, the traffic was bad then. So I can't imagine what it's like right now. Oh man. Um, but yeah, and your kids ages are so close to my kids ages. Um, my baby is four. He's a boy. And then our middle is eight. He's a, he's a boy as well. And then um, our oldest is a daughter, and she just turned 11. So I totally get you with the tween thing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I would love to talk to you more about that, too, because we are, we are deep into that tween life. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's, it's something. That's for sure. Yeah, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> All right, well, tell us a little bit about you because you are a board certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, um, and you are a doctor. So I would love to kind of hear your your background and how you got to where you are right now. Yeah, so when I was a kid, I always loved science, and I was just interested in astronomy and oceanography and biology, just always had an interest in science. Um, but then my pediatrician that I had growing up was just just an awesome, wonderful man and um, got me interested in medicine. And so I went to undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill, so go Heels, mm-hmm. um, and then decided, you know, I really want to pursue this further. And so um, applied to medical school uh, and graduated from UNC Chapel Hill um, a long time ago now, uh, mm-hmm. and then did residency at Emory in psychiatry and then a, a fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry. And I never thought that I wanted to be a psychiatrist. I always was interested in pediatrics because I just love children. Um, but so much of what I saw, um, at least in my pediatric rotation in medical school, was a lot of sick kids um, who were medically very ill, um, and that was just hard for me. And then I spent some time on a uh, psychiatry rotation, and I worked with a young boy who was like, I want to say 12, 13, and he was very depressed and had laid in the street Mm -hmm. because he was wanted to die. And it was just horrible but we got to spend time together when he was in the hospital and developed a therapeutic relationship and I saw him better. And I was just like, I want to do that because mental health is something nobody likes to talk about um, Mm. because it's still very stigmatized. But if you are not doing well mentally, it impacts your life dramatically. It impacts your, obviously your emotional health, but it impacts your physical health. It impacts school and relationships and work. And it was just something that um, I just really fell in love with to make a change for people. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. What a cool story. 
Um, and I love that you you bring a lot of that into your book when you talk about mm-hmm. um, mental mental health, mm-hmm. uh, all the ways that it affects you, and you speak very seriously about you know any thoughts that you're having, um, suicide and otherwise, mm-hmm. um, to seriously get help about that. And so that was really impactful to me um, that you took time to do that, but. Tell us, um, I want to I wanna get to your book and, and talk more about that, but um, I also wanted to hear more kind of about your personal journey. Um, tell us about how you became a mom. Yeah, so um, one of the best pieces of advice that I got was from my father-in-law, and he said, enjoy each other after you get married, like spend some time getting to know each other, having fun together, traveling, whatever it is that you want to do before you start having kids. Because once you start having kids, it just, it's a new normal and it changes things uh, wonderfully, but very dramatically. Um, And so we waited five years um, before we decided to start working on having kids. And I will say it was a lot harder than I thought to get pregnant. Um, It just, it took, it it took work, um, which was a little stressful because, you know, I was thinking, okay, we're ready. Let's have a baby. And it didn't happen like that. Um, And I had some friends who were getting pregnant. I was like, well, why are we getting pregnant? Um, So I had to actually end up doing an ovulation kit, which was really cute because it gives a smiley face on the stick (laughs) when it's, when you're ovulating and it's time. So um, that helped out. Um, and so we got pregnant with Bailey. Um, and so, um, it was right around the holidays. So we were just super excited about that. Um, and my pregnancy though, again, something that didn't go as planned because I ended up having some complications because I have an incompetent cervix, which means your cervix opens up prematurely and it increases your risk for miscarriage. Um, and so I ended up, um, developing, going into labor early and had to go on bed rest at 24 weeks. So I was, it, it was not fun. Um, the, the only saving grace was my sister was getting married at that time. So I spent all my time like working on her wedding. Um, not that, I mean, it was like, okay, she's like, this is my vision, not your vision. So I <laughs> back off a little bit, but I was just like, it just gave me purpose um, yeah. during that time because it's yeah. just stressful. Um, For sure. So um, I made it to 37 weeks and um, and then we were at the doctor's and um, she's like, oh, well, you are dilated and thinned out some. Uh, we're going to have a baby today. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was the first one. Um, and thankfully she came healthy and loud and, um, all those wonderful things. Um, but just having a baby, like it's just such an exciting thing, but then the work begins because Mm -hmm. it was just really hard. So you talk about the kind of discrepancies between your expectations versus the reality. And so I, I, you know, breast is best. That's what everybody says. But I had a horrible time. It was just very, very difficult um, from day one, just trying to get the latch. And so I had lactation consultants in the hospital. And then I had another one when I 
when we got home. Um, and it just, it was tough. Um, and so, um, had to get help with that and couldn't breastfeed exclusively, but you make it through, you do what works for you. Um, and then baby two, um, was not as complicated because I didn't end up having to go on bed rest, thankfully, because I had a procedure done. And then baby number three, I call Chloe the non-immaculate, immaculate conception. (laughs) Uh, because we couldn't quite figure out how that happened. Because um, we had a boy and a girl, right? So you're done. But, mm-hmm. uh, well, here she is, and she's lovely. <laughs> oh, that's so funny you say that, because <laughs> that's basically what happened to us. We had a girl and a boy, <laughs> yeah. and it was like, okay, we're set. Like, we're, this is it. I, I feel good about this. And then all of a sudden, oh, something's going on here. I'm not feeling quite right. <laughs> right. Took that pregnancy test and yep. totally thrown for a loop. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those third kids, man, there's something yeah. else. Oh, man. Um, and I love kind of going back to the beginning when you were saying that, um, you know, getting getting pregnant was extremely difficult for you. And yeah. Um, you ended up getting an ovulation test. And I love how in your book you were like, yes, me, a doctor, I had to have help, tra- you know, tracking my ovulation. <laughs> and yeah, it was right. like, it was like, yes, thank you. Thank you for being real and honest because, you yeah. know, this is a hard thing. And I remember um, my, my second pregnancy or before my second pregnancy, I, I was trying to get pregnant again. We were trying so hard and it was like work, you know? <laughs> And, um, and I, we went to my doctor and it was, it had been about maybe eight months and Mm -hmm. I was like, what's going on? Like I had no problem conceiving the first time. And, um, she, she's just said something like, you know, it's amazing how small of a window there actually is for conception. And so you just wonder how much, like how it happens so fast for some people <laughs> and how others you're like, what in the world? It's not happening for me. So it was, it was literally just that it was just like a, a, a tracking mm-hmm. system that I needed mm-hmm. to do. Um, yep. I, you're probably familiar with the book. I read taking control of your fertility. Have you heard of mm-hmm. that book? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I read that book and I got the thermometer <laughs> and um, for one month I tracked my cycle and boom, pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a matter of, of that. And I know that that's, you know, not everyone's story. So I totally want to respect, um, respect sure. that. But, you know, but for, for you and for me, it was just a matter of, yeah. you know, that, that simple thing. But I love that you were kind of like, yep, mm-hmm. I had to do it too. Um, and so, all right. <laughs> so I love, I love your motherhood story. Um, that's so scary about, um, you know, your uh, incompetent what was it yeah. confident cervix it's a terrible name yes it, <laughs> it isn't i know it's like dumb your cervix is so dumb <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like they could name that something different um <laughs> just like when Clearly, uh, yes. when you know women in their late 30s get pregnant and they call them geriatric patients i'm just like really it's not necessary yeah it's just no right <laughs> i just don't think that's necessary but um I'm so glad that each each uh, pregnancy was was successful for you, and um, I think it's just funny about the third kid being uh, a toss up. <laughs> um, all right, well, I want to go into the book a little bit. Um, I kind of marked some pages actually that I wanted to to read oh, and or cool. ask you about. So, 
Um, the first thing is like one of the very first pages that I just wanted to read because it's your dedication and I'm not uh -huh. going to read the whole thing, but I just wanted to read this one part because I just, it just like from the get go showed me your heart and your kind of like mission behind this book. And so I just wanted to read that real quick. So you write, and to all the mommies new and seasoned who question every parenting decision, who wonder if this thing called motherhood will ever get any easier or whose hearts ache from unrelenting guilt, overwhelming pressure, and a pervasive sense of dread that their best is simply not good enough. This book is for you. You are enough. And I was like, amen. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about um, this book and why you decided to write it. Have you always wanted to write something? How did that whole process work for you? Um, well, I've always enjoyed writing. Um, I used to write poetry and then I don't know how old you are, but do you remember choose your own adventure books? Yeah, you, sure. Okay. So I had written some, a very dark <laughs> choose your own adventure <laughs> book when I was like in high school, um, uh, with aliens and it was, just, um, <laughs> but I've, I've always liked writing. Um, and it was just a tool to kind of amplify my voice, but to be transparent about something that, again, much like mental health, people don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, and as this expert and still having so many challenges myself, I thought it was just really important to start a dialogue and a book is a great way to begin that process. And so um, really everything kicked off um, I mean, I had had I had guilt about not being able to breastfeed exclusively, mm. and about wanting to go back to work right away, especially after Bailey, because I was so overwhelmed. I was so tired. I wanted an adult to talk to. Right. Um, I I had my mom just for a little bit of time, but it was like two weeks. She didn't stay for months, like some parents do. And I was just like, <laughs> I want to go back to work, um, but I felt horrible. You know, sure. you don't want to tell anyone because I had a good friend of mine, dear friend, who took three months off. And here I was like four weeks in and I'm like, ah, ah, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. you just worry about being judged. Um, yeah. And then um, when my, when Bailey was um, three, um, she had a Mother's Day tea and mm. at preschool and um, I was like, well, I can't, I don't want to reschedule on my patients. It's too much work. I just, I just won't worry about it. And like, I should know better, right? I'm the expert. I know how important these things are. And I didn't go. And when I showed up, she was devastated. Like she was tearful. And she was like, where were you, mommy? All the other mommies were there. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, how did I not know that? How did I, like, you suck, mom. Um, and I felt horrible. Um, and it, I just, you know, it just kind of beat myself up about it. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, to like not get stuck there because I, I know that doesn't make me a bad mom, but I, I felt so bad about it. Um, and like you read in the dedication, all the other things that I've done or didn't do. And I'm like, oh, mom fail, you know, <laughs> that was bad. Um, and so it just it was a way, it's therapeutic really, yeah. to be able to write about some of those things. And like I said, just to be honest and um, there's healing, I think, when you're, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, because I know yes. 
other women go through this. I've had those conversations. So it's not like it was only me, right. um, even though you feel so alone right. um, when you don't talk about it. Yes. Um, so, I mean, there were so many parts where I was like, oh my gosh, I've either done that or done something mm-hmm. similar to that. And I felt that way. I mean, just like you, being a first time mom, I really knew nothing about children too much. (laughs) I didn't babysit. I'm the youngest child in my family. Um, And so she was my first diaper I ever changed, like ever in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like green into this. And um, I I did feel the same way. I felt like a bad mom all the time um, Mm -hmm. because I did have to go back to to work as well. So I was a working mom and Mm -hmm. um, I constantly felt you know, pulled in two different directions and I'm failing here and winning here, but then, you know, one person loses either way. (laughs) Um, But I love that um, in the first, I think it's the first chapter. Yeah. The first chapter of the book, actually after every chapter, you give some kind of exercise for some, for people to do. And so um, in the first chapter, you said to write down five things that you wish you'd known before you started a family and then write five things that you wish or that you have learned since raising your children. And so that was really a fun exercise for me because I was like, oh man, what have I learned or what, what did I wish I had learned? And like one of the things was, um, one of the things that I've learned since was that they don't stay in diapers forever because something that I didn't know beforehand was how hard potty training is. And how how awful you feel as a mom Mm. when you're potty training, Um, at least for me, because I mean, my kids, I don't, I don't know. They were relatively easy, but they, it was difficult. It was a hard time. Um, And you are at the end of your (laughs) rope and so irritated. And I can't tell you how many times I lost it, like totally lost it. Oh yeah. Um, Like, what are you doing? You know what to do, you know? And, (laughs) and then, and then it's, like being out in public and, and not having a change oh. of clothes and not having this and that, oh, and, you know, yes. I'm so angry, but it's really my fault. Like it's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That is so, so true. <laughs> um, so there was that. And um, there was another one. Like I didn't know, I guess I didn't know beforehand how different each child would be. You know, you just think mm-hmm. like, oh, they're all going to be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they come and they're totally different than what you think. <laughs> and they're so different from each other. Um, and so something that I've learned since is to celebrate my children's differences. Um, Beautiful. Which, yeah. which, yeah, it's, it's, it's so fun to do that now. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, this one mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't respond to me in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like discipline wise, I have to think differently. Um, mm-hmm. yep. spending quality time with them looks different for each one, you know, things like yes. that. So that's been really fun as a mom just to, to figure those things out. The sponsor of this podcast is the Mama Needs Subscription Box. It is a monthly curated self-care box just for mamas. Our mission is to help mamas remember to put themselves on their to-do list and remind them that they matter. Each box is filled with four to six items every month, gifts, self-care tools, and products all packed and done for you. Every month is a new and relevant theme. Some of our past themes have been Mama Needs Peace, Mama Needs Chocolate, Mama Needs a Spa Day, and more. The boxes are $39.99 plus shipping, but you can get free shipping on your very first box by using the code PODCAST at checkout. 
just go to mamaneedsbox.com. All right, now back to our conversation. But then um, you you go into detail about mindset, which I think is mm-hmm. so important and so interesting. Um, there was a part here that I wanted to to talk about specifically um, where you talk about um, kind of shifting your mindset and going from a fixed mindset to a growth mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, what we've been talking about is I'm a bad mom. So that would be mm-hmm. your fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, a growth mindset would be, um, you know, moving on from it, learning from it, things like that. Right. Is that right. how you would explain it? Yeah, no, I think that's a, a beautiful example because it's, you know, like you said, the fixed mindset is, it's just, it's like, it is what it is and it's factual truth and that's it. There is no gray um, and it's often um, negative and it's just, it's very narrowly based. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about a growth mindset, it is that challenges don't reflect failure or hiccups don't right. reflect inadequacy, but that maybe you have to think differently about your approach. And I think it is, it is applicable in education, um, professionally, in relationships, and in parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think when you, when you are intentional in how you frame challenges, it leads to a more positive um, experience as a parent and for your children. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I love too, that you, um, you have these mommy affirmations that you have in your, um, Mm -hmm. in your book about mindset. Do you, um, do you mind if I read those? Oh no. Okay. I love them. I feel like I need to have them like right by my bed so I can read them. Um, so you've, you've, you've helped us kind of shift from the fixed mindset to the growth mindset by using these, these kind of five affirmations that you've, that you've made up. So number one is I am enough. Number two, I make mistakes, but tomorrow will be a better day. Number three, there's no such thing as a perfect mommy and definitely no such thing as perfect kids. Number four, I'm not in this parenting journey alone. And number five, all mommies need a little help sometimes, and that's a good thing. Oh, my gosh. Number five was like, yes, and amen, because um, that was something – I think that's something that's very hard for a lot of moms to ask for help, yes. right? How do, yes. you, um, how do you help your clients who come to you with, with things like that where they're afraid to ask for help or – they, um, they don't have family in town or something like that to help them. So um, I think one of the first things is that, I, you know, people talk about mental health and psychiatry and they say, you know, well, I'm not crazy. <laughs> um, and so I have reframed and said, it's sure. really not about crazy. It's about the other state, which is courageous. So it takes much to ask for help than it does to sweep things under the rug and just act like everything is fine. Um, that's one thing that I, I say. And two is like, I, I tell um, patients that I work with, like, look, man, this thing is hard. Um, I always say two hardest things I'll ever do are stay married and raise my children. Mm. Um, and I have to, I have to, vent. I have to um, look things up and 
it's hard work. They don't come with instruction manuals. That's you know? true. Yeah, that's so true. They don't. Uh, yeah, and that's like one of the first things that you say is they don't. <laughs> there's no instruction manual when they come, uh, and it's just it's just hard. And like you said in the book, uh, you know, there's there's no way to really tell somebody what motherhood's going to be like because you just have to do it. It's just a rite of passage. You just have to go through it to know it. Yeah. So I love that. All right. Well, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and kind of talk about some practical things. Um, I would love, because I'm a mom of three as well, and I know that um, dinner time is one of those like love-hate relationships <laughs> of like trying to figure out what everybody wants to eat and what I can make, what I have time to make because I'm a busy mom. Um, so I would love to know uh, maybe your tried and true recipe or any kind of meal plan tip that you use on a weekly basis. Yeah, so that's still a work in progress. <laughs> um, because in part, like my husband and I have been um, more me because he's always been pretty healthy, but um, we have our meal. Um, and then, of course, my kids never all want the same thing. No. But what we try and do is, yeah, <laughs> we try and um, like come together, whether it's Sundays and say, Hey, okay, what do you think you guys would want to eat this week? And just come up with a few things. And if we can find some commonality, then we'll go with that. Um, and sometimes it's just going to be, we're going to just eat out because it's going to be busy. And, and so I try and make that a time. Let's pick something that everybody will like. And we'll have one night that we eat out and then we'll try and do this dinner thing at home cooking and make it fun yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's good. I think I think you have to be realistic about where you are in your season of life, and absolutely. Uh, and like you said, you know, realistic about what your kids want to eat and what they like. So that's good. Um, what do you think is your best mama hack? Something that you have implemented that's made your mama life a little bit easier. <laughs> so we have shipped here. Oh yes, um, and. At first, I was like, I'm not going to pay for that. <laughs> but it is wonderful. It's not like a all the time thing, but like it's raining. I forgot something. And we use that app and it is a godsend. Yeah. Because I, we can get what we need and I don't have to leave my house or yes. take any kids with me. Yeah. Um, so that's, that is a good thing. Um, and I really think to just having a great friend group. I talk about your mommy tribe mm. um, a lot, um, but I think also, you know, if you if they have their whole family, their significant other, and we've just met some really great families, and so we spend time together so the kids can play and they're safe, mm -hmm. and then we can talk and have grown-up conversations and, you know, we can share meals together, you know, people will bring something. And so we can just sit and we have social time. Kids have social time, everybody gets fed and it just works really well. Um, yeah, that's good. So that's something that I um, just think is vital. Um, and the last thing is if you can also get someone to help you clean your house, if oh, it's yeah. once a month, once a week, whatever your budget allows, but just do it. <laughs> it just makes a difference because that's, that's a lot of work. Yes. It's not really fun. <laughs> no, yeah, you're so right. Um, I've, I think I've said this in an interview before, but my mom at one time um, had two different jobs. And um, 
she was just burned out and I could tell even as a, mm-hmm. as a young child. And so, um, she hired, they hired someone to come. I think it was just once a month, um, to clean the house mm-hmm. and I could see just the load it took off of her and that she allowed herself to do that. That was a big deal. Um, so I totally agree with that. I would love to do that yep. at some point as well. <laughs> Uh, and I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed that have said shipped or something similar like that, like grocery pickup yeah, yeah. or whatever it is, um, because it's yes. such a good tool. It's so convenient. It is. And um, totally I do is. not have any of that in my area. So <laughs> so maybe one day we'll get it. But what I've done <laughs> now is um, I do like HelloFresh Oh, yeah, um, and I don't ha- I don't do it every week, but I do it when I know that I'm going to need it, and so that's kind of oh, my that's good. To grocery pickup or delivery because I just don't have it. But if I had it, you know, I'd use it. I love it. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, as you know, uh, self care is super important to me. It's it's basically what mm-hmm. I talk about all the time. Yeah. Yes. And I know that you're a huge proponent of it because. Um, because I know, you know, just from reading your book, it is completely evident um, that, you know, the, kind of the opposite of, of feeling the mommy guilt is by taking care of yourself. Like the, right. the, the remedy is to do the opposite. So um, I would love to know just kind of for yourself what self-care means for you and then how you actually do it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I often say it's, such a popular buzzword um, and people have used it, I think, um, just as something like you do when you get a chance. Right. Um, so go to the spa when you get a chance um, and go have a girl's night out when you get an opportunity. But it really is something that's much broader than that and um, should be much more an intentional act and something that you do daily. And so... Um, what I like to think about when I talk about self-care is being happy and healthy because I can't do anything for anybody, especially not my children, if I'm not happy and healthy or actively working on becoming happy and healthy. And so that means I make myself a priority. Um, And it's not taking anything away from your children. No. But like I said, you can't pour from an empty cup. So mm-hmm. we have to make sure that we fill ourselves up. So that means saying no. Maybe your kids can't participate in dance and volley- volleyball and football and art class and you know music. Like right. you might say, and especially as mom of, we are moms of three, you know, we definitely have to be judicious um, with yes. our time and expenses and all of that. So um, you, you, you have to set some priorities. You have to set some limits. Um, it can be letting go of toxic relationships. Um, and even if it's family, it may be, you don't necessarily cut them off, but it may be, I'm not going to talk to you as frequently as you might like, because it's not going to be what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it can be spiritual um, in terms of prayer, um, that you pray every day. It could be financial, that you set a budget mm-hmm. um, or you follow the budget that you set. Um, and it can be, like I said, in terms of, you know, emotional with boundaries and, 
those toxic relationships. So I think we just need to think about it much more broadly. Um, mm. And so for me, what that looks like is, as I mentioned earlier, eating much better. And I feel better when I eat better um, and exercising. I used to, like in college, I exercise some, um, but you know, having kids and being busy, it's just hard. Um, yeah. But I've made a commitment, um, especially as I'm in my 40s and um, weight just tends to hang on a little longer, mm. a little fluffier. Um, yeah. So um, just that's part of my self-care too, is yeah. exercising. I love that. I love it because self-care can be uh, so many different things. Yes. And I think, um, I don't know if this, maybe you could tell me if this is true for, for the, the women that you kind of talk to and, and see in your practice. Um, but I found that women don't practice self-care because it's too, they think it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. They yeah. feel guilty for practicing self-care. Yes. Yep. And they think that they don't have the time to do it. And so, <laughs> I mean, those are the top three that I hear from everybody. I mean, you I've talked right. to at least a hundred women because I've sent out surveys and stuff. And yeah. um, those are the top three. And so I've, I've made it kind of my mission to eradicate those from our vocabulary, change our mindset, right? Because yes. um, all of those don't hold up. There are- That's right. You know, there t- we just talked about all these free ways to practice self-care, emotionally, mm-hmm. financially, you know, all mm-hmm. those things. Um, and then, you know, making the time, everybody, everybody can make time for what's important, right? Um, Absolutely. And then the guilt thing, which is, I think, the hardest, um, can be changed by reading your book. <laughs> like, go get the book. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Thank you. you know, thinking about thinking about your mindset and how you know it's not fixed. Everything can can grow and change and develop and evolve as you as you you know go more years into this motherhood thing and motherhood mm-hmm. things change. So yes, I love that. Um, all right, I wanted to get to a couple more things and then we're going to wrap okay. it up. Um, but I would love to know what your funniest mama story is so far. This one's pretty embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I love it. I mean, seriously. It, oh. So I'm going to tell you. Um, anyway, so we were at um, a shopping, yeah, it's bad, um, an outdoor shopping center in Birmingham. And my stomach was a little upset. And so I tooted (laughs) and I thought we were good, but, um, it was foul smelling. (laughs) And so my son is like, mommy, do you smell that? I was like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. That's horrible. And he was like, did you poot? And I was like, no. Then he proceeds to go and sniff my behind. Oh, no. And he announces loudly, Mommy, you did poot. And I was like, <laughs> I was horrified, like trying, trying to run. Thankfully, we were on our way back to the car. So I'm like, let's go. Because Be there are people, and I, like, he smelled my butt and announced it. it I was mortified. Oh, my God. Oh my, yeah, it was horrible. I was so upset. Oh, that's so funny and so terrible. so terrible. I mean, yeah, boys, really I would, it would be your boy. It would be your boy. Exactly. Yeah. I would totally I, you see know, I don't one have of a my brother, sons doing that. But 
<laughs> so I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know boys. Oh my gosh. I oh, no that's idea. great. Thank you for telling us. <laughs> and I can't tell you to keep it quiet. <laughs> no, you can't. It's, it's out, out there, there now, now. <laughs> sister. It's out there. Oh, that's so good. I yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, our very last question that we ask, um, at the end of every episode, um, I think is special just because I think it's important for us to, get back to the beginning, the basics of, of where we started from. And um, as we both found out about each other, it was very humble beginnings, <laughs> right? So I would love to know um, if you were sitting down to coffee with a brand new mama and she was asking you for advice, what would you tell her? Um, the first thing I would just say is you're a mom and you're awesome. Mm. And you need to take it easy on yourself because it's hard to tell you hundreds of things to do um, and some of it will work for you and some of it won't. And that's okay. Um, that you should be comfortable with doing what works best for you and your family and that that's going to evolve and you're still awesome. Yeah. That's, that's really I love that. I think that's the key. Yeah. That's a great message. I think you're right. I think it all comes down to just like you said in your book, um, a mom's mindset is, is really huge mm-hmm. for not only just her well-being, but mm-hmm. also for her family because how I feel affects my family. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. It does in so many ways. And I see Mm -hmm. it, you know, I see it in the way that I parent and discipline and Mm -hmm. listen or not listen or that I talk, um, the the decisions that I make, you know, if I'm not in a good headspace, then everyone suffers. (laughs) Yeah. So it's Because you're like the thermometer, you know, you set, set the tone, the temperature for the household. Absolutely. Yes. So that's such great advice. I love it. Well, Leisha, that has been such a pleasure to talk to you and learn more about your story and hear from your heart. And again, I just really appreciate you sending me your book and I'm looking forward to finishing it and um, just gleaning more wisdom. And I love that it's, it's um, you know, a good quick read because yeah. there's lots of really good information packed in there, but moms don't have a lot of time. So <laughs> it's a right. good fast read. Um, yes. And so I'm super looking forward to finishing it and then also um, giving one away over on social media coming up soon. So fantastic! thank you so much. It's such a pleasure, pleasure to meet you. Thank you, Jen. I really enjoyed it as well.